Before we start today's show, I want to invite you to join my community of SaaS founders, agency owners, and others who are sharing tips, tricks, strategies, and tactics for creating successful cold outreach campaigns. It's a free group on Facebook called Cold Outreach Mastery, and you can get there by heading over to morgandwilliams.com slash community. And if Facebook isn't your thing, but you still want valuable cold outreach advice, head on over to morgandwilliams.com slash newsletter and put in your best email to get first in line for valuable resources that I share on how you can fill your calendar with sales meetings and your pipeline with opportunities. Now, let's start today's show. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. This is the place where you'll find real conversations with real sales leaders about how you can leverage sales technology to get ahead of the pack. Improve your sales numbers by taking advantage of emerging technology before your competitors get there first. They'll share everything from the trends they're seeing in the marketplace to actionable strategies that you can use to make more sales today. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen. On. Here's your host, Morgan Williams. Welcome to the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. I am your host, Morgan Williams, and today I have the pleasure of interviewing Ravi Jayagopal. Ravi has been selling online since 1997, and during that time, he's created and sold a wide range of products and services, information products, desktop software, WordPress plugins, membership sites, online courses, eBooks and Kindle books, audiobooks, premium podcasts, agency services, webinars, local meetups, consulting, and coaching. He has coached, trained, mentored, and consulted with thousands of clients in the last 21 years, from solopreneurs to side hustlers to small businesses to mid-sized corporations. He's helped clients create a profitable online business using digital products, membership sites, online courses, and building recurring revenue-based digital products. He's helped companies get more leads, make more sales, build a bigger audience, establish their brand, get more exposure in the marketplace, and ultimately grow their business. Ravi is the creator of CoolCastPlayer.com, host of the SubscribeMe.fm podcast, and the co-founder and co-developer of DigitalAccessPass.com, DAP for short, a membership plugin for WordPress. Ravi, a lot of accomplishments. It's a pleasure to have you on the show. How are you doing today? Who is that guy? I really want to meet this guy. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thank you so much for your kind introduction. Absolutely. Absolutely. So obviously there's a, you know, you have a, a large body of work, a large resume. Can you kind of walk us through the highlights of your background and how it's led to what you're doing now? Sure. Basically, I'm, I was born and raised in India and uh, back in 95. Five, I started dabbling in internet stuff and I was creating websites for friends. And then when my wife was pregnant with our first uh, child, I was looking for Indian baby names and then I couldn't find any websites. So I started one and then that really started taking off. And then I tried selling books, uh, Indian baby names book and digital books, ebooks. And so at one point it was really hard for me to get things done from India and that's when I said, I have to go where the action is. So I started trying to find a job. I was able to get one because of the Y2K uh, and the dot-com boom at the time. So a lot of opportunities opened up and I was able to, to come to the U.S. in 2000 with my wife and uh, daughter, one-year-old daughter at the time. So that's how I got started. Awesome. And when you were creating that first website, I mean, what were some things that 
I guess, you know, mistakes that you made, like looking back, things you would have done differently, things you learned along the way. Oh, back then, it the whole thing was different, right? There was no Google when I first got started. There was no PayPal. Yeah, it was basically one search engine called Yahoo, right? That's a horrible static search engine. <laughs> and every you had to literally submit your website to a team and then they would uh, get to it whenever they could. And then they would put it in a certain way. And if you had to change it, you had to go back and contact a team. And uh, it was just impossible. So night and day difference between then and now. And then there was no email. The world was completely different. So I can't really... It wouldn't be a good uh, thing to say what I missed back then because mm-hmm. there was no tools. There was no pay- wait for me to accept payments and stuff. But earlier, if you said I could go back, you know, about 15 years, 18 years or whatever, and then then it would be a more reasonable time frame. And one of the things I didn't do soon enough and aggressively enough is to build a list. Mm. Building an email list is probably my biggest regret uh, uh, not starting sooner. I, I did start pretty pretty early, but it wasn't enough. I wasn't promoting it enough. There was remember there was no social media early two thousands. There's no Facebook, and uh, MySpace was not really my scene at the time. I wasn't too crazy about following people on MySpace, mm-hmm. uh, and I, I didn't have a MySpace account myself. And it was not great for businesses. And it, there were far fewer opportunities to get the word out. Unlike now, anybody can get started. With a few dollars spending some money on Facebook, you can create a really great video and then uh, run ads. You can, you know, 50 bucks, 100 bucks, you can get uh, tons and tons of video views if you select the right audience and you can retarget them. There's so many opportunities now to promote it, but of course, the competition is also way higher than it was back then. So it's always been one thing or the other has always been tough. And you have to really up your game to win at any level. Absolutely. And just curious, when you mentioned list building, how did you build you know, your initial list and kind of how did you leverage that? I'm curious and how you leverage that list to you know, grow your business. Sure. One of my sites, again, this is going back to the baby name site. Uh, I started building a list um, probably early 2000s after I had moved to the U.S. and I found Aweber. Uh, which is an email uh, list uh, service. So you have multiple ones now, like Aweber, ConvertKit, MailChimp, and so on. There's mm-hmm. like 100 really good ones. But back then, there were only a few. Aweber was uh, one of them, earliest ones. So I, I uh, signed up for an account, and I put a sign-up form on my homepage and said I offered some kind of a free lead magnet. And I was selling an ebook at the time uh, because the book sales had become harder I was, I was the first person to sell a book worldwide from india at the time mm. and this baby name's book was not available on amazon uh, so uh, i lucked out and i was able to sell thousands of copies of this book but it was a really hard process and the cost of shipping was like one and a half times the, the cost of the book itself so <laughs> oh, i think maybe it was like two or three times even. So it was getting pretty expensive shipping and then uh, damage during the shipping. And if I had to get insurance, it would become expensive. So I created an ebook and then I offered you know, first X pages of the ebook as a free lead magnet. And then I, t- I tried a whole bunch of different things back then. There were a few visionaries in the, in the internet marketing, direct marketing space. And uh, I was following them. I was trying to do what they're doing 
and trying to replicate uh, their success. And so it's always studying and then executing that those were my two big things. So uh, that's how I built a list for both my baby names website as well as my first uh, PHP scripts website called uh, My Webmaster in a Box. That's my breakout story right there with the My Webmaster in a Box scripts that eventually became my plugin foundation for my plugin business and so on. Awesome. So doing all this studying, executing and, and learning and figuring out what really works. Uh, I'm curious to know, you know, using your skill sets and, and research and just the data you've gathered in your business, you know, what trends are you seeing in marketing and sales technology today that are really working for you? Video marketing is probably the biggest one because, uh, you know, a lot too, not too many people are uh, into the blogs don't have the same impact as before. I mean, in certain niches, they still do. Like if you're in a how-to uh, technical industry with uh, you're teaching somebody with like a tutorial which needs screenshots and stuff, a blog post is still more effective because it's easier to skim through a blog post and, and quickly get the gist of the tutorial than watch a 10-minute video, right? So, But for most other forms of content delivery, video is is still rocking and then there's podcasting of course which has had a huge meteoric rise in the last few years and uh, maybe last five years it has grown probably double or triple what it was in the previous 10 years so podcasting is a great space but uh, video still remains the number one way to engage with people and you know that's why the movie business is a you know trillion dollar business sure. like hollywood right and uh, podcasting is still not there Podcasting again, it's uh, it's a different medium. It's you can't do the same things you can do with audio. At the same time, remember, video can't you can't be watching a video when you're driving the car mm-hmm. or going for a walk or doing the dishes. So both have their places. So it's it's audio visual is the key. You have to be you have to do multi channel marketing today. You can't just be in one place. Uh, you have to be able to repurpose content, and um, you can start with the. Uh, I would recommend starting with the video. So that then you can take that video and put it in a horizontal format on YouTube uh, and Facebook and then square video on Instagram, um, then vertical video uh, on IGTV and Twitter. And you can repurpose so many different ways when you start with video. And then you can strip out the audio. You can use it for your podcast. Uh, You can take that audio and create an Alexa flash briefing so there's like so many ways. Then you, you can take the transcription, put it on your website for Google, and then put the video right there, embed the video, embed the podcast episode, um, and I can just keep going. And you create enough content. You can create a Kindle book out of that. You can give it away as a lead magnet. You can build your list. So you have to be able to. Uh, the biggest uh, thing I recommend, you know, I preach and teach and practice is be start with being an expert and in, in your industry. You have to be uh, able to create epic content today. You can't just say, uh, it, no longer is it possible to say, okay, so what is the hardest industry right now? And I'm just going to create products in, in that niche just because it's the hardest one. You can't do that anymore unless you hire an industry expert from that niche, right? So if, if Bitcoin is, is hot right now, which it's not, but I think last year it was, and mm-hmm. a lot of normal people who had never done any kind of Bitcoin stuff got into the niche, you can't fake your way to success today. You, it's so easy to get exposed on social media. So you have to start with what you're really, really good at 
car, get really, really good at something first and then get into it. So you can just uh, BS your way into uh, putting out content where, where you are not the expert and you don't have the authority and or the respect or the capability to for your uh, words to carry weight. So that's key. And you have to be able to do multi-channel marketing. Gotcha. So a, a lot of great value there. And I want to unpack this for people who are listening. You know, you mentioned multi-channel marketing, you mentioned video podcasting, you know, basically different marketing channels, how to leverage those distribution channels, um, repurposing that content so that you're kind of doing it once and then publishing across different channels. Um, and you spoke about being an expert in the industry. So for someone who is maybe getting started or someone who is a little bit further along, but kind of wants to ramp things up, where do you start? I assume you kind of start with your positioning and, and your expertise and kind of build from there, but kind of what does that look like at a high level? Right. So you you have to decide whether you've already built a product first or you want to build an audience first. Both have their own pros and cons, right? So you could say, okay, I'm good at uh, graphic design, right? So I'm going to create an agency or products and services around this. And you, so you have a product and you're really good at, good at it. You're an expert in the niche. And then you say, okay, how do I build an audience and how do I create products and services? So that's one way to look at it. The other way is, is the more difficult way, which is, okay, what is the hardest niche right now? And I'm going to try to create an audience in that niche first and then figure out what that audience wants and then sell products and services for that niche. So that's a really, really advanced strategy. So I would not recommend that for most people because if you're looking for niches, right, and if you're looking to buy audiences and get their attention, that's what the big companies do. They take over companies, they took, take, they buy websites, they buy businesses and so on. I would recommend the former for most people. And that's what has you know brought me the most success is knowing what your strengths and weaknesses are and then assessing is there, you know, obviously you have to look at is there an audience for this? And even if there's a big audience, will they pay? Because when I first started Baby Names uh, in 97, 98, uh, I, you know, India having so much population and a lot of people having babies and stuff like that, I had tremendous amount of traffic to my website. And one of the things I had learned back at the time that to use keywords in your domain, you know, it, it things were not as sophisticated as they are now. So you can today you can just say, I want to make money.com and you're not going to rank number one if somebody searches for, I want to make money online, right? The exact domain match is not going to rank because uh, Google and everybody else is much smarter. Back then I had learned that you could do that. So I, that's why I couldn't get Indian baby names. <laughs> so I got babynamesindia.com. So, uh, you know, just because I got a lot of traffic doesn't mean it's monetizable because people back then e-commerce was non-existent in India. People didn't have credit cards and they're not even today. The Indian um, audience is not that uh, comfortable with buying a lot of things online, right? It's probably still a small percentage of stuff uh, happens online. So in spite of being able to drive hundred thousand unique visitors a month to my website, I couldn't monetize it back then. And because there was no AdSense in the earlier days, there was, you know, there was some uh, Chitika and there's some random uh, ad uh, platforms, but they were not performing well. And so you have to figure out 
what are your strengths and weaknesses i call, i call it the golden intersection you have to find the intersection between your skills your passion the ability to uh, is there an audience is there a big enough audience you don't need millions of people so uh, you know i'm one of the biggest proponents of uh, kevin kelly's 1000 true fans in fact i even created a course called 1001truefans.com and uh, so i i've always been a big proponent of you don't need millions of anybody to make a good living you need just your 1000 true fans and i wholeheartedly believe in kevin kelly's concept so but even 1000 true fans to get to 1000 true fans you probably have to go through a million regular people because not everybody you contact is going to you know uh, not everybody who comes across you is going to follow you not everybody who follows you will uh, become a fan not everybody who becomes a fan will buy from you and you know, not everybody so it's uh, the law of diminishing returns so you have to reach a large audience eventually to even get to your 1000 true fans so that's why you have to get the intersection of you know all those things uh, your passion your skills uh, monetization uh, ability to monetize is there a big enough audience will they pay so uh, that's what i would recommend uh, getting started with i like that step by step now specifically for a someone in a b2b market is there a different angle that they would take with doing this how how would they approach using this strategy to sell to other businesses rather than consumers. Right. So B2B, one of the things you have to remember is, you know, the business is not a nameless, faceless thing, right? It's still made up of people. So there are still people, you know, differently. Like if, it's, if you're trying to sell to Walmart uh, or any of these, they have purchasing agents and I, I don't know the specific names. So there are always people, the the influencers, so-called influencers within the organization, the, the buyers, or the the, the the buying influence. So you have they are people too, and they are hanging out in different communities. So you have to figure out uh, who your target audience is. So even if it's a business, who in the business is looking to do the stuff? So if you're selling CRM software, for example, uh, customer relationship management, you have to figure out, okay, who is looking for these things and where are they hanging out? And that's where you have to create content for. So if you're creating content for, uh, you know, like a Fortune 500 companies, putting all your time and effort into TikTok is not going to be very smart, right? Mm. So you have to know who. So even, and saying who doesn't mean Fortune 500. So you have to, the audience uh, selection and audience uh, identification is is critical, right? Because you have to figure out whatever, you use all the tricks in the book to find your ideal avatar, audience avatar, even if it's a corporation, who in the corporation is doing this? Is it the senior executives, uh, you know, or is it the, the programmers or middle managers? You have to figure out who they are, where they are hanging out, if they are on LinkedIn, then you create content for LinkedIn. And if they are hanging out in LinkedIn groups, you go there. You're spending time in Facebook groups is not going to help. So you identifying your audience is absolutely critical. And once you know, and 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 the good thing with repurposing is, uh, you can upload the same content uh, with slight modifications, of course, to different platforms. So if you don't know exactly where they are hanging out. You can start with multiple platforms. So if you do a video, like I said, all those things before, do a video. Uh, you don't have to spend 
$5,000 on content, if you can create one video, uh, like I said earlier, you can repurpose it into five, six different platforms. You just need to have a, you know, a, there are tools available. You can hire somebody who does this on a video basis. Um, my agency does this and you can take one video and repurpose it in, for YouTube. You can run ads on YouTube, on, on LinkedIn, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And if you're trying to go after a young audience, there's nothing wrong with TikTok, you know, because you already created the content and it, all it takes is uploading the video. So uh, people will say, oh, I don't want to be on TikTok or I don't want to be on Instagram because mine is business. Well, guess what? You just no extra effort in repurposing the content to that uh, to that uh, f platform. So you should go after every every platform that you put, you know reasonably can. Of course, if you're going to spend a lot of money, then don't do it. But if you can reasonably get it to three, four, five different platforms, do it and see where you're getting engagement and be sure to engage with the audience. Absolutely, uh, the most critical thing is being able to engage with them, ask questions go into groups you have to have somebody who can do this for you and if you have the time you can do it yourself if you are you know a one person solopreneur or your small team then you have to be able to do this you have go into different facebook communities going to linkedin groups and uh, online forums and participate in the conversations see what they're asking go on quora.com q u o r a and uh, different answers websites and See what they're talking about. Answer quest people's questions and uh, figure out the, their needs. There's tons and tons of research you can do uh, with uh, you know just being in in different communities and and uh, grassroots level, rolling up your sleeves and just communicating with the audience. And a lot of people do the networking thing very wrong on Facebook. They think just uh, posting cute dog and cat pictures and and uh, commenting on everybody's personal posts is networking. It's not. You know, that's fine. All that is fine. It's social media is, is meant to be social. But, uh, you know, we have everybody has one life, time to achieve stuff. You only have 24 hours in a day. So you have to be able to say, okay, I'm going to do 20% social activities. I'm going to post personal pictures of my kids and, and dog and cat and, and like other people's stuff. But you have to say, okay, I'm going to spend the other 80% uh, for actual networking. And actual networking means going into different Facebook groups, uh, seeing what they're doing, what are the questions from your niche. You obviously have to join the right Facebook groups and communities. But once you do that initial research, then all you have to do is just go in and listen and provide value and talk and give answers and then use that to create your, bring it back to your products and services. You can answer questions, those questions on your podcast. If you're a business, podcast is a great way to you start a podcast, business podcast, and then invite your potential customers, right? Your potential uh, users who, from the, the middle managers to developers to senior executives, bring them on as a guest, develop relationships. Podcast is fantastic for that because uh, today everybody knows, you know, that going on a podcast is a, is a great thing. It's a desirable thing. Being a guest is still, you know, marketers haven't ruined that uh, yet. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, yeah. So you, it still had there's still some prestige in being invited to go on a podcast and talk about your stuff. So use that to build a relationship. In fact, you could start a podcast where all you're doing is inviting your potential customers, and your their their what do you call competitors, and figure out what they're doing, what each person doing, ask 
cross questions from this person to that person. So the other person said this, what do you think about that? And develop a relationship and get an in, inroads into their company. You're connecting with the top people directly. So there are so many things you can do. You just have to take action and not just uh, say, oh, it's a business. So I have to create boring uh, branding ads, which talk to nobody. You know, you can't just because you're targeting a business doesn't mean your ad has to be boring. You can still do direct marketing because it's, you're still talking to people and not a nameless, faceless uh, desk at a company or, or the logo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all great points for sure. You, you have the benefit of knowing, you know, who that person is you're marketing to. So that's a huge, huge advantage um, that you have in B2B. I'd like to know if you can tell us some more about you know, what you're doing over at subscribeme.fm, you know, it's more information about your books, software and plugins, just, you know, projects that you're working on right now. Sure. So my core product is digitalaccesspass.com, which is my WordPress membership plugin, uh, arguably the best membership platform for WordPress. So if somebody is trying to start a you know membership site or online course, you have WordPress, your content is on WordPress, then you know, how do you protect the content? How do you automate the delivery and account creation and payment processing and one-time products and recurring products? So that's my core. Uh, that's my flagship product. So digitalaccesspass.com. Other than that, uh, everything else is at uh, subscribeme.fm where you can uh, see all of my other plugins, uh, Coolcast Player and S3 Media Vault, a whole bunch, all of my books that I've written. I just came out with uh, my sixth book, uh, called Crush It with Kindle, Crush with a K. So where I talk about, you know, what's the fastest way to think, plan, and publish, write and publish a Kindle book. So I'm going to be publishing more Kindle books uh, in the coming year, and uh, I'm going to be publishing more courses. So I, that, that's where on at subscribeme.fm you can find information about all of my products and services. And it also happens to be the name of my podcast, so, so search for subscribeme.fm in your favorite podcast app. And it's also on Spotify. And uh, that's the podcast where I talk about pretty much everything I learn, everything I'm executing, everything I'm implementing. So, uh, you know, for example, I just finished launching my Kindle book about, uh, you know, Crush It with Kindle. I'm going to talk about, you know, what are the different challenges I faced? How did I promote it? you know, how did I pre, pre-launch pre it and all this kind of stuff. So I, I'll do something and then I'll talk about it on my show. And then I, I yeah, fortunately or unfortunately, have done a whole lot of stuff in my life and I have a whole lot of strong opinions about a lot of things. So mm-hmm. you'll see, you'll see a, a lot of strong opinions on my podcast, like, for example, webinars, uh, the way they're being doing, they're being conducted right now, that format is dying practically dead because people won't sit through a one hour webinar anymore. And especially if the first 15 minutes is you showing your vacation pictures and your spouse and kids and cat, right. And uh, trying to boast for 10 minutes, what a great person you are. Nobody cares about that. And, and uh, when I sign up for a webinar now, uh, I'm never able to watch the video immediately. Right. So I have to come back at a certain time. Who does that right in 2019? You know, uh, right. you can't come now, come back at a certain time only, and uh, you can't watch it around. You can't imagine uh, delivering an online course to somebody or a PDF 
uh, to somebody and then saying you can't download it now come back in two hours yeah right? so it, it doesn't work right it's everything is on demand you know we we get our food we get uh, groceries everything is on demand i can't imagine who thinks that making people come back at a certain time is good for their content consumption so i have a lot of you know theories a lot of practical experience and uh, I, I shouldn't say theories a lot of opinions on stuff that i've actually executed as a business owner stuff that i'm uh, learning as a business coach from people i coach from people i work with from uh, my customers so i'm learning from for as an entrepreneur as an immigrant it's always things that I'm, I'm not i'll try to you know be on the cutting edge of a lot of things i'm t- trying out new tools all the time uh, whether it is you know repurposing tools or how to you know different uh, how to create video and how to uh, optimize audio or whatever it is I'm, I'm doing a lot of things and i try out these tools and so i talk about those things on my podcast so everything you can find at subscribeme.fm awesome very good and i usually end by asking you know how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in things you talked about on the show or interested in obtaining one of your products um so what's a good way to reach you uh my email is ravi that's r-a-v as in victor i at subscribeme.fm or you can just go to the website subscribeme.fm and you can contact me from there and um i have uh i have a couple of uh kindle books I'm, I'm happy to give away one of them to your listeners if they send me an email to ravi at subscribeme.fm and just put your name, uh, your podcast name in the, in the subject or just refer to it so that I'll know they came from you. And uh, I have a, like a few of them. I can't give away my latest Kindle book, which is still currently still on stay of sale and I'm offering some awesome bonuses, but I can, one of my earlier uh, Kindle books that are still on sale, I'm happy to give one of them away um, to your listeners if they contact me. Awesome. Love it. Thank you for that added value. Really do appreciate it. And it's been great uh, speaking with you and getting to learn more about your business and marketing and just your your work in, in the industry. And it's been very exciting to hear about you know, the things you've done. So um, great chatting with you today. Thank you, Morgan. I appreciate it. All right. You have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the B2B Sales Tech Podcast. If you love what you heard, be sure to head back to morgandwilliams.com and go over to the podcast page for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on the next value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and make sure to take action.